Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Ben Wilson about the cards. Going to enjoy hearing his origin story, but first, thanks to uh, my sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, uh, Comcy.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, and Huggins and Scott Auctions. I think that's it. I try to not have sponsor turnover. Uh, I like interview and guest turnover, not turnover that uh, never come back, but uh, this is my first opportunity uh, just one-on-one with Ben. I enjoyed the Hobby Hotline experience a few weeks ago, but uh, Ben, welcome to the show. Uh, we're we're going to focus on your hobby uh, origin story, which can include about the cards, which is one of my favorites. Uh, welcome. Well, I appreciate the invitation. Uh, last night's uh, episode number 92, we had a very interesting comment uh, as a follow-up. Uh, one of our, our loyal listeners um, you know, had heard the Hobby Hotline in our discussion about the rookie cards. And he's like, you know, arguing with Dr. Beckett is like talking theology with God. And <laughs> I yeah. thought, uh, how, how poignant. Uh, well, you, you uh, I love people that are passionate and, uh, you know, people that don't have opinions aren't, aren't much fun. So uh, you have a strong opinion, well defended. And uh, like I said, I actually, you kind of caused me to jump back in and uh, look and see historically you know, whether I, I don't know, been consistent. I think there's been some evolution, but anyway, let's, let's get to your, that probably is part of your hobby origin story because you're a big uh, A's collector, but uh, again, how do you get started collecting and what's uh, what you, uh, what, what brought you to this point? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, you know, September 15th, 1986, my cousin turned 10 years old and I was seven, a couple years behind and hanging out with the older kids. And my aunt had bought a box of 1986 tops and every kid at his birthday party got two packs and not really knowing what these were. I, I, you know, growing up, I had a couple of Star Wars cards, uh, mostly the ones with wax on the back. My dad would kind of chuck me some duplicates and throw them in a binder. And I wouldn't call myself a card collector at five, six, seven years old yet, you know, garbage pail kids and things like that, but nothing major. And uh, 86 tops just, I mean, the colors were gorgeous. You know, the black borders on the top with the team color and uh, all the kids around the table were excited because they were pulling all of their favorite players and they knew everybody. And, you know, here I am just like, Hey, these are, these are neat. These are different than what I've, I've got in my binder at home. And, uh, yeah, um, Luke Starwalker, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was neat. And, uh, yeah, I, I went home and I put them in a binder and no, no particular order. And going into the following year, my dad, you know, being a big collectible guy, he's big on toy trains. I never shared his passion for that. He, uh, got me into card collecting. And, and I remember him probably around March or so of 87 bought me a Beckett price guide. And I, I opened it up and I one card by one card went to, to look to see how much they were. And uh, I, I was I was rich. The 1986 tops. Uh, Eric Davis was a dollar and a quarter in that particular issue of, of the Becky Price guy. And I was like, man, I'm going to retire. I, I'm seven and I have something worth a dollar twenty five. And you start spending that money. And uh, I thought, man, this is amazing. And uh, like like most little kids on the back of the card, you get, you know, uh, just fascinated by the statistics and, and you know, 87 tops came out shortly thereafter and it was such a beautiful set. Um, you know, we talk about that all the time on about the cards that it's just probably the perfect set outside of maybe, you know, 53 tops. Um, you know, is hard to, to take that one off the perch, but, uh, you're coming um, across as kind of a numbers guy, but, uh, but on the other hand, are you, uh, the aesthetics, I mean, are you artistic as well? Cause I mean, that's kind of like both sides of the brain. And my, my dad and, and his brother were both painters and uh, did some artwork. I, I was never, God did not grant me that gift. I, I draw stick views, um, but I love, you know, they are little, I mean, they're just at the end of the day, they're just pictures of, of men, athletes, you know, male and female on, on cardboard. They're, they're nothing 
special outside of what we value them at. And, uh, you know, our value is individualistic. You know, again, my most valuable card is an 86 Eric Davis that by today's measures is absolutely worthless. You know, the only people that need them are those building the 86 tops set or, a, a, you know, Reds team set. And, uh, but yet it's my most valuable. It's not the one that costs the most. And uh, I, I, even from a young age, it was always that, you know, collect what makes you happy. And, uh, and back in growing up during the junk wax era, um, you could you could pretty much collect just about everything within reason. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of short prints and things. Everything was attainable. Um, certain things were regional, of course. I grew up in an era where they were releasing Mother's Cookies as stadium giveaways here in the you know state of California. They had the A's and the Giants. Um, I think the Angels and, and, and Mariners had some as well. Um, but, you know, you could go to all of your local, you know, Revco and Woolworths and things and pick up the, the little 33 or 44 card sets. Um, and th those were great. You know, Thompson Flair did a fantastic job getting different things into collectors' hands, but you could theoretically collect everything. Were you and, uh, everything in those days, or did you pretty quickly settle in on uh, Oakland or, you know, the, the, the A's? I mean, we're, they, were, it, they were coming on pretty strong in some of those years. Were, were you a local? I mean, and, you know, I was just I was just thinking, I didn't study a bio of you, but you kind of sound like an economics major or something. Are you? I, I am. Yeah, I've got, uh, I, I have a master's in economics and I'm halfway to a PhD. Um, so I, I kind of paused school. Go for it. You know, whether or not, yeah, it's one of those, it's very ambitious. I was going to wait till my, my young children, I got a two year old and a six year old, wait till they get a little older just because it's very difficult to find the time, especially when you're talking about such an ambitious degree. Yeah. Um, you know, goes out to you. I, I don't think I would have made it if I hadn't gone straight through. It's, you know, when you take a break and then you come back to it, you get out of the, you know, the, the study mode or, not learning mode. I love to learn, but, but that was a, a challenging time, but, uh, uh, that'd be, that'd be, that's a be a cool, cool goal. And a lot of hard work, Ben, but that, that'd be, that'd be great. It it, like it was, kind of coming out of what you're talking about that you're, you, you already think that way. So, I, and I've always thought that, you know, like I said, there's these both sides of the brain that I, I think there's an awful lot of people that collect that got into it because they had some sense of economics or numbers or, you know, that the backs of the cards were right. just, important is the fronts of the cards. And so you're, you're kind of uh, epitomizing that as well. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's tough when you have the proverbial, you know, the devil and the angel on your shoulders um, because I, I only collect, I, I don't think that this is a hobby where you can invest. And I get into many, many battles on Twitter over the economical side of things. And, you know, it's the, you're, you're battling your, your angel versus your demon. Uh, everything that I've done in my entire life from a business owner to you know, having an economics degree speaks of investing in cards or or flipping for a profit. And, and my thought is I, I do this because it's a hobby. I love trading cards. I don't buy them and, and hope that they appreciate in value. Uh, any card that I buy, I buy at fair market worth at the time, knowing that most of those cards will go down in in, in monetary value uh, over time because you're buying them right off the you know, right off the truck, more or less. And of course, they're going to depreciate. And the only time I, I would care remotely what my collection is worth is if I got to a place where I had to sell it. And if that's the case, I'm willing to accept pennies on the dollar anyway, because I'm desperate for money at that point. Well, I really respect people that their walk uh, matches their talk, because some of what you're saying, uh, I think some other people might say that, but then they don't do that. They'll, they'll uh, you know, so, but what, how do you uh, fund your, uh, your hobby then? You just, you just, uh, uh, have some extra money to, to pour in there. If, if no money's coming out and only money's going into it, are you, is that, do you budget for it? Or are you just kind of, because like, like I've told people, I'm more 
opportunistic. You know, I'll go to a show. I don't know how much I'm going to spend, but I'm just looking for things that are interesting. And so what, how do you handle that? You know, you, you've got to, and, and this is a very broad, you know, we're painting with a very broad stroke here. You have to understand your own personal budget. You know, I've, I've paid my bills in an Excel file throughout the rest of this calendar year, assuming that my income doesn't change. I know every bill that's coming out of every paycheck and I know how much money I've got left over. And therefore I can make decisions knowing that, Hey, two weeks from now I'll have X amount of dollars left over. So if I want to overspend on going to the Bay area um, and then taking the family on a trip, we can, because we know we have the money or we know we have to pull back a little bit because money's going to be a little tighter this month versus last or next. And um, you know, understanding your, your personal finance is extremely important because it's really easy to fall down the rabbit hole. You know, we were talking about this on our podcast. I've built a few extra Don Russ parallel team sets of the A's, not because I, of course you want them. They're, they're cards I don't have. Of course I want them, but I don't necessarily need them. I've already built three team sets. Do I need a fourth? And, uh, you know, Gypsy Queen, I built the green retail, the silver monster box and the, the missing uh, nameplate. Do I do the logo swap? At what point do you, you say, you know what, enough is enough. And, you know, your finances, you know, I don't, I don't want to start pulling into my household funds of my gas money and my mortgage money. And right now is a very difficult time for the country, for the world. And I would hate to see people because they're bored spending themselves into either poverty or in further into debt. Well, you know, I didn't know that, you know, the kind of the, one of the antidotes against, you know, being addicted or being too into it is, is somebody that, that, uh, you know, that never sells. So to be a person that never sells, you really, which I think you're exemplifying that you're, you're highly disciplined. And if so, if people are listening, uh, they can't, they, unless they are you and have your level of discipline, they're going to have trouble doing what you're doing, but it sounds like it works for you. And it's something that you can enjoy on a level that you appreciate because it sounds like, yes, I started out being a completist. And then after a while you realize you just, you just can't get everything and then right. you have to make choices. And I made the decision, not, I, I don't you get mad at me, but I just thought, you know, I can't collect everything. And so the other stuff I don't need, I'm going to, you know, back in the day, you know, you go back in the seventies, there were a lot of trades. So it wasn't like, in fact, it was better to trade than to buy. You know, people, they didn't want to sell their best cards, but they would, they would trade them more, more uh, uh, quicker than they would, than they would sell them. And so a lot of trading and so that I, I would trade what I didn't want for stuff I did, but then, you know, and I'm part of the problem, I guess, because the price guides put kind of values on everything and then people were selling and then it became a lot more financially driven that each card had a price. And uh, again, that's not bad. It probably was inevitable, but uh, you know, and again, I always said it provided a medium for exchange. But people wanted to trade their cards for dollars <laughs> then rather than everything's financially motivated. We we trade our life, our time for money. And what do we spend that money on? We we spend that money on goods and services, right? Um, I, I would rather pay somebody to do my lawn and do it myself. You know, I, I exchange my money for food and for gas and for entertainment. And and so yeah, it, cards had to have a monetary value associated because we needed to know the market's interpretation of what a Mickey Mantle was worth versus say, you know, just some random player from some random team from that same release. We, we need to know that, you know, the, the market dictates one was worth more than the other. And so, you know, the, the, the Beckett price guide that to this day dawns your name is extremely valuable, even if it's somewhat antiquated based on, you know, being print versus, you know, the fluidity of, you know, websites such as eBay and ComC and others. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether you Price guide was antiquated, or that I was antiquated, and probably just the print guide. <laughs> at this point, uh, we're, we're pretty much out of time, Ben. 
uh, trying to keep it to, to 15 minutes and uh, you, you're far more interesting than 15 minutes worth of, uh, of interview. So I, I want to get you back for uh, uh, another episode uh, pretty quick here, but uh, thanks for sharing your story. Uh, again, I think if people listen to this, they're going to see that it sounds, you know, I, I thought this, that you're, uh, you're, you seem to be pretty consistent to what you're saying, because, you know, most of the people that I know that I've enjoyed getting to know better of the podcasters, I don't, maybe, maybe a couple of them got into it for the money, but I think most of them got into it because they want it. It was, it's like a digital hangout. So mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I think you are, you got some uh, good buddies that you're, you know, Stefan and, and Tim, big chef, you're doing it with. So that's, that's cool. So, um, any last comment, Ben? You know, the only thing that, you know, to end on a positive note is, you know, define your PC um, however you would like. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to change, uh, you know, just stay within your financial means and, and collect what you like. That's why I collect nothing but A's. At the end of the day, when I open up a binder, it's all I want is A's cards. I, I don't need random brewer's cards. They're not going to enhance my personal collection. And, you know, if you like to collect shiny stuff, there's plenty out there. If you like to collect high-end autos and relics, there's out there, there's a market for everybody and understand your socioeconomic you know, presence, what you can afford and, and, you know, do what makes you happy. Cause after all, this is a hobby. Uh, well said, Ben, you know, everybody always says, you know, be true to yourself, but Ben's added this additional precursor that you need to know yourself to, to be true to yourself. And so Ben's, I guess, done enough introspection to, to know what, uh, what uh, works for him. Like I said, his walk is consistent with his uh, talk. So thanks, Ben. Thanks listeners. I'll be back again. Uh, with another episode tomorrow and be sure to check out uh, about the cards which comes out every thursday when wednesday night at 8 p.m pacific eric's on okay well thanks man be back again tomorrow guys